Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back, everybody. The Bauer and Rose podcast right here on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, known to you, XM Patriot listeners, as the Bauer and Rose show. If you like our podcast, subscribe, sign up, give us a five-star rating. We can be found at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. A lot to talk about today. Um, we focused a great deal on gender and the left's pollution of language and how it has pigeonholed us into the unenviable positions of being constantly on the defensive, having to defend ourselves against charges of this, that, and the other. But I want to I wanna start, if you don't mind, with... Um, uh, what Republicans are doing, or rather, shall I say, not doing uh, in the waning days of this Congress. The, Napoleon's famous maxim that uh, power equals mass times volition. In other words, if you have a lot of mass, if you have a lot of resources without the power to use them, you lose. If you have a lot of will, if you have a lot of commitment, dedication, uh, but you don't have the resources, you're not going to win. And here I see Republicans engaged in. You're going to have to help me. You've been in town a lot longer than I have. Five. Don't remind me, please. <laughs> don't remind me. Five Republicans. Okay, we're heading into a new Congress where Republicans will have a four-seat majority. Four seats. So now we've got five Republicans holding up a vote for the Speaker and preventing Republicans from getting their act together, getting down to business. We've got no room for error. What are these people thinking? Is there an Andy Biggs for speaker movement? So if Kevin McCarthy isn't speaker, who will be? And I'll say one other thing about these five guys. You check their conservative bona fides, and a lot of them are lacking. And the thing that really bothers me is that a lot of movement conservatives are seeming to equate Kevin McCarthy which, with uh, Mitch McConnell. And I think that's totally unfair. M Kevin McCarthy didn't trash House candidates. Kevin McCarthy went out of his way to support and endorse and work for every Republican primary victor across the country. He raised almost $500 million for the campaigns. He didn't crap on our candidates. He didn't complain about candidate quality, as Mitch McConnell has constantly done, and yet there's this sense now that these two are both uh, interchangeable uh, bulwarks against the fulfillment of a Republican agenda. I mean, we've got to... We got to take on Mitch McConnell now. I mean, he's on the verge of opening up these spending floodgates with this $1.7 trillion monstrosity. You know he's going to cave on, right? And he's now threatening to cave on this massive, massive amnesty bill. 
Oh, oh, now you want you want me to say something? I, I was fell off there for a little nap. I'm sorry. Wait, are we are we still on the air? I well, mean, that, I, you know, I just that, that I thought like that a, was I thought that was a you know, very I'm the guy quick... in Washington. I'm the guy in Washington that's supposed to have use of the filibuster, Thomas. Let me see if I can answer uh, your you know, question argument. Just Bauer, give me about thirty seconds. This is rich, folks. <laughs> this is rich because if you do a word-for-word word analysis of Bauer and Rose, it's Don't about eleven. That, it's please. about eleven to one in Bauer's favor. That granted, now Bauer has more important things to say than I do. But uh, okay, so th- this is actually good because uh, you know remember the original idea of the Bauer and Rose show on SiriusXM back in eighteen ninety. Uh, was that you and I would go at it on a variety of issues. And then we uh, started the show, and much to our frustration, uh, uh, other than the you know periodic times when you were clearly wrong, we couldn't find anything <laughs> that we, we disagreed about. So uh, I, I've got a slightly different take on this, Tom, although I think reasonable people can disagree. Okay, point number one, I don't believe the fact that um, the the speaker has not been selected yet is holding up anything. You pointed out that that our margin in the house is is very very small. What does that mean? It means that any four five ten twelve fifteen congressmen with an axe to grind, Republican congressmen, uh, are going to be able to threaten, uh, presumably the future Speaker McCarthy. By saying to him, and unless you give us this and that, we're not going to vote for you to be speaker in the new House of Representatives. I already see signs of a moderate rump group in the House of Representatives. We no sooner had our disappointing results on Election Day than a group of a number of the newly elected Republican congressmen publicly did interviews saying, well, I certainly hope when we get our majority and take our seats in January that we're not going to be spending our time investigating Hunter Biden. That's not what I campaigned on in New York. I campaigned on this and on that. I mean, and it was a theme. I heard it three, four times. So my argument is that I'm sure uh, uh, Congressman McCarthy is uncomfortable right now. But he's being pressured from his right. And that is a counterbalance to the pressure he was already getting from his left in the Republican caucus. Not to vote against him for speaker. Well, well is there sorry, an Andy what? not not to vote against him? Is there an Andy Biggs for speaker movement? Is there a no, 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 Tom, that's not the point. What they're saying is you, you, you got to convince us that you're going to be conservative enough and tough enough to do what we should do in a majority in the House of Representatives. How come Democrats so I, never do this? How come, what? How come Democrats don't do this? But Democrats come, have this fight all the time. No, they but they fight. line up. They line up like lemmings. No, no, the, no. Uh, no. What are you talking about? AOC uh, and, the, and the leftist rump of their party uh, was tr- were trying to come up with a challenger to Nancy Pelosi. And Nancy Pelosi brought AOC into her office and an hour later, they emerged and, and a deal had been made. And, and Nancy Pelosi upped her game. And that's how she kept the leftists in line. But no, she had multiple problems 
with her most her most left wing part of her base. I, I think conservatives are doing exactly what they should be doing. They're leveraging the situation. I actually think and nobody can prove it, but I think it's made McCarthy tougher than he might have been otherwise right now. He's doing a lot of, of interviews where he's really upping the ante. I, I'm, I'm not sure, Tom, he would have followed through on keeping uh, Swalwell and some of these other people off the committees if it wasn't for this pressure from his right. Now, here's what's going to happen. He's going to get elected speaker. There's only one thing right now that's still in contention and the moderates don't want to do it. And we'll, it'll be interesting to see whether McCarthy agrees or not. A lot of the conservatives want the right anytime during the new House of Representatives to move that they want the speaker removed. Now, I mean, uh, that's that's a that, that's an irritating thing, but it will help keep him fighting for the things that he says he's for fighting for. I, I don't know why. I, I mean, what, why are Republican conservatives supposed to walk in lockstep? I guess that's the question. Is Andy Biggs even a conservative? What has he ever done that's conservative? I mean, this is seems to me like just this this desperate play for attention. I mean, I don't know if McCarthy's going to be the greatest speaker in the history of, uh, of, of the country. We can deal with that later. We have no margin for error here, Gary. We're, we're on a razor's edge. Well, what do you think is going to happen? What are you afraid that it is going to happen? The new Congress takes their seats in January, and the new Congress will elect the speaker. And these five say they're not going to vote for McCarthy. Well, it's the it's late December. They're negotiating. They're trying to get concessions from him. I mean, do you go into a negotiation and announce ahead of time? Yep, you got our votes. Now, I, I, we want to bring up a couple of things we'd like you to do to make sure it really is a conservative Congress. That makes no sense, Tom. That doesn't work in business. That doesn't work in a labor uh, uh, negotiation. It doesn't work in anything. It's a narrow majority. I'll guarantee you if he wasn't getting pressure from his right, he would be getting pressure from his left. And he might be. But the, the notion that Andy Biggs is on the right, he's opposed the convention of the states. He blocked. Conservatives are divided over the convention of the states. Not really. You, yes. We, yes, they are. We've already got 18 State legislatures, or 19 I, I state legislatures. But look, I, trust me, I've been in town, unfortunately, for 40 years. Conservative groups in Washington are deeply concerned about the convention of the states. Some of them say, well, if we can't elect appropriate people to the House and Senate and have majorities, what makes you think we're going to be able to do it for a convention of the states? And then there's a huge uh, argument over whether a convention of the states can be held to one issue or once when it starts meeting, everything could be on the table and it could be a runaway. It could be a runaway, but it has to be approved by two thirds of the state, three quarters of the states. Well, so even if the, even if it came, even if this convention of the states came out with nutty, crazy stuff, the notion that you're going to get. I'm not saying I oppose it, Tom. I'm trying to tell you that conservatives have been split on this for decades. It's been debated for decades. 
And we've been split for decades. Now, maybe there's more of a consensus building, but there are plenty of, of good conservatives that have argued against the convention of the states. So give me another reason Andy Biggs isn't a conservative. Well, he voted against Jim Banks as chair of the uh, Republican Study Commission in favor of this rhino uh, Congressman Emmers. Um, there are... You, you realize that 90% of the five people listening to this have just fallen asleep. I mean, this is really inside the Beltway stuff. Has, is he not pro-life, pro-family, for smaller government, lower taxes, a strong foreign policy? What's I his mean, plan? I mean, he, doesn't he have to have a plan? His plan to is to pressure McCarthy into making more commitments that will satisfy conservatives as the price for getting him and his little group of followers to commit to voting for McCarthy. It is a typical thing you do in Washington, D.C. So you don't think we're wasting this month? How are we wasting it? Business is going on. McCarthy is uh, just blew up with uh, with McConnell about this stupid effort in the uh, in in the United States Senate, where two senators that won't even be in the Senate in January just put together a framework on a budget that will tie the hands of McCarthy and the Republican majority in the House for the entire year of 2023. And literally will eliminate any chance. Wouldn't Kevin McCarthy have greater cred, street cred, if he could take on McConnell now as speaker-designate? He is taking on McConnell now. He is taking on McConnell But wouldn't he have more credibility to do it as speaker-designate? I don't even know what you're talking about. McConnell's going to go, oh, he's the speaker-designate now. (laughs) All McConnell cares about is he's going to get this through the Senate, and there's no way McCarthy can stop him in the House. No way, because the Democrats still have a majority in the House. No, it's it, it just doesn't work this way. Tom. I, mean, we're, I mean, we're on a runaway train speeding at uh, traveling at maglev speed heading to a cliff. And unless and until some brave person gets out there uh, and has the guts to start screaming that Republicans have to kill this this disastrous immigration deal that right now Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer are working to get to 60 votes for fast track amnesty. We've got that was it was reported today. That's dead. You now, believe, maybe that report and you was believe wrong. that. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying that there was a, a credible report in a conservative publication. It might have been uh, on Breitbart that said it's going nowhere because Republicans know the level of anger already that they came back after a very unsatisfying election cycle. And the first thing they did was punch their Christian conservative pro-family, pro-life supporters in the nose by joining with Democrats to pass this uh, Respect for Marriage Act so that Joe Biden and 5,000 social leftists could meet at the White House earlier this week and kick the you-know-what 
out of conservatives, Christians, Republicans, etc. You can't so think of really nine. Hurt. You can't think of nine Republicans that would go for cloture, go for the sixty vote with Kamala Harris as the tiebreaker on this massive uh, immigration amnesty bill six days before Title Forty Two, the very last thread. I can name I, them. I can name I, them right I, now. I, I think that's more than possible, Tom. I'm just telling you that there was a report today that there's been a tremendous backlash on Capitol Hill about this. Uh, I think Rob, what about, I I can name them, let's name them. Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, uh, what's the name of the other woman from, uh, the woman from Maine? Uh, Susan Collins, um, well that's five, I'm sure there must be others. Oh, uh, Tom Tillis, who's behind the whole thing. Uh, the guy from Mel Blunt, that's seven. All right. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put it past Mitch McConnell to sham through this. It, look, if he's going to get the votes for this $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill, which Kevin McCarthy, to his credit, says over my dead body, even though, as you correctly point out, he doesn't have the ability to, to, uh, to stop it. I don't for a second doubt Mitch McConnell's ability to ram this, this, this stuff through uh, in the lame duck Congress, working hand-in-hand hand with Chuck Schumer. Well, the lame, the lame duck Congress has only got a couple more days. Uh, you know, I, again, I share your concern about it, but I was trying to give you some good news that it's being reported it has fallen apart. There was another vote in the— um, in Is the, this Gary Bauer? I, I don't think yeah. I've ever heard— Good news from Gary Bauer. <laughs> well, he just did. I guess that's probably why why it's uh, you're having a hard time reacting to it. <laughs> there, there was uh, there was also a vote. I, I can't recall if it was in the House or Senate yesterday on a, a bill that the Chamber of Commerce was supporting. A whole bunch of uh, Republicans had signed on to it, um, and uh, uh, the Democrats appeared to to be for it. Um, and then uh, the, it was another one of these deals where a gazillion people from India were going to be allowed in on green cards or whatever to work for big tech companies and take the jobs of native-born Americans. And uh, there were some provisions in it that it was as if Donald Trump's presidency had never taken place. And the word got out. There was an incredible backlash. And the, all the Republicans, including some that had sponsored the legislation, all the Republicans, it was in the House, all the Republicans voted against it. That still wouldn't have been enough. And a group of liberal Democrats joined them and voted against it, too, and said, you know, why are we, you know, with all the problems we've got with American workers why are we using this lame duck to bring in, you know, countless more uh, uh, people from other countries? And in this case, it was only a bunch of visas from for people from India. So I, I think, Tom, that, uh, you know, there's still a lot of mischief that can be done. But but I think that there's a real backlash by the right right now going on. Uh, I, I've you probably have heard because one of the senators that voted for this You're right. uh, disaster on um, on the family and on marriage is is one of the senators from Indiana, and uh, now several counties in Indiana, the, the county parties have voted resolutions censoring the the, the senator. Um, I so 
anyway, this all this conversation started with whether it is a good thing or a bad thing that six or seven uh, self-described conservative House members are saying to McCarthy, we're not going to vote for you until you make some more concessions. I think it's a good thing. I can't believe they would be stupid enough to let some disaster happens where, you know, you, the, the Democrats somehow get to pick who the Speaker of the House is. If that happened, all six of them are done in American politics. I mean, that would be such a disaster. I just think it's normal leverage and they're trying to do their best to win as many things for conservatives as they can. I hope you're right. You're listening to the Bauer and Rose Show on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, and the Bauer and Rose podcast brought to you by our good friends at justthenews.com, where you can catch us at iTunes, subscribe, follow, give us a five-star rating, and refer to your friends. We're back right after this. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer, the Bauer and Rose Show. Give us a five-star rating. I think I've said that before, but that's in that. That's my keep, notes. That's what they say. Keep begging, Tom. I, I'm, I haven't seen anything above a two and a half yet. And, uh, and subscribe. That's the, 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 that's only my family. Your, fam- your family's yeah, at a one. I haven't checked. Are we getting any? Uh, yes, a lot. Good. Good. Absolutely. Fantastic. I mean, and and, I've been using or working. No, and not only that, but I mean, I I think we need to find more productive activity for Carol because, uh, (laughs) you know, her comments are with me. She's she's delightful and lovely, but she's she's quite critical of you. She doesn't. She doesn't need to go on a website to, to uh, give me critical comments. She reads them at the breakfast table in the morning. <laughs> there was a story yesterday which you undoubtedly saw in the Washington Post. The Cambridge Dictionary of the English Language came out with its 2023 edition. You saw this, obviously, that now defines a woman, and I'm quoting, as an adult human being who lives and identifies as female though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. This uh, dictionary entry did the same thing with men. A man is, quote, someone who identifies as a male, though they may have been said to have a different sex at birth. Look, it's one thing to be considerate and another to be bullied into an alternative reality. David Harsani had a great... Uh, a column this morning in the National Review. Uh, here's what he says, quote, <clears throat> placating the mob has led to the rise in dangerous euphemisms like gender affirming care, a phrase that means the exact opposite of what it claims. In today's world, telling um, a girl she can be transformed into a boy is gender affirming therapy, but conversion therapy means telling a girl She's a girl. Yeah, yeah, Tom. This, I, I mean, it. You said you felt physically ill. Um, as these things keep happening, I, I can't tell whether the appropriate response is to laugh or to cry. It, it as you know, it's actually serious because it, it's a very well organized, a very powerful movement 
um, that that is not only violating every norm of Judeo-Christian civilization, but it's violating the natural law. It's it's trying to get people uh, to believe the unbelievable, to accept the unacceptable, to um, to to surrender all uh, sense of common sense. And it, it's growing in its power and its reach. We have a sitting member of the United States Supreme Court who, during her confirmation hearing, could not answer a question from Republican senators of uh, what, what, is, uh, what is a woman. Uh, and, and as you remember, Tom, she finally said, uh, well, I, I can't answer the question I'm not, because I'm not a biologist. Really? So, you know, we're, we're supposed to be coming, we're supposed to be as a nation getting more and more vested and follow the science. And, and yet we're now a country that all the way up until about, you know, eight hours ago, everybody could tell you what a woman was. And now we've got somebody sitting on the Supreme Court that says you can't answer the question unless you're a biologist. My goodness, Tom, it's kind of related to this. You know, there's the whole pronoun thing. Um, and, 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 you know, and it began with, uh, you know, my pronouns are, you know, you, you see a, you see a man, uh, on the screen if you're doing a Zoom call and below his name, he's got my pronouns are she, her. And you're like, what? Or, you know, the, the opposite. Now there's all kinds of other pronouns for things that I don't even want to talk about in, in the fear that there might actually be a family listening to this show. But, Tom, here's the thing that really uh, just infuriates me. I have run into good people, including some fellow Christians, who've said, uh, well, Gary, I think just out of the sense of being tolerant, that if somebody is requesting um, pronouns that, uh, you know, are not the pronouns that they were assigned at birth, uh, we we should accommodate that. I mean, we should call people what they want to be what they want to be called. This is insane, Bill. Uh, Bill, this is insane, Tom. The the, um, the when when we do that, we're buying into this insanity, and we're and we're speaking a lie. We're we're making it more likely that this thing is going to continue to get traction. One final thought on this. Um, I, I was talking to a, a, a woman uh, leader here in Washington, a conservative leader, who uh, a couple years ago took her daughter. And she to, I, she identifies also as a woman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you're, you're getting close here to what what I'm getting ready to bring up. She took her daughter, I believe it was to uh, Virginia Tech. And uh, they pick up the its parents weekend, uh, you know, to bring your child there in, in preparation for the kid getting there permanently, you know, a little later on. And they pick up the registration packet and uh, her daughter puts the name tag on and underneath the name tag, it said she, her. And the mother says to the daughter, what, what, how? What's that doing on your name tag? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking around. Everybody's got these pronouns now on the bottom of their name tags. And the girl goes, Oh yeah, mom. Well, they sent us, you know, the registration uh, package during, uh, 
uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago in the summer, and we had all these things to fill out, and one of the things was your preferred pronouns. And, of course, the young woman just just did it, right? To pick her own normal pronouns. I See, I, I don't even think a conservative student should do that. I, I think you should just That's, say, I'm a woman, <laughs> you know, or, or I'm a man or whatever. So, but we're in, we're in this insanity. Solzhenitsyn, um, when he came to the United States after he got out of the Soviet Union and spoke at Harvard, he, he gave several major speeches in, in which he said, basically, look, not everybody is going to man the barricades. Not everybody is going to risk their job or, you know, um, get thrown in jail or whatever. We, we all have different levels of resistance that we're comfortable with when you're living in a society that's going crazy. But he said there is one thing you must never do. You must not agree to lie for them. You must always simply tell the truth. If everybody will tell the truth, authoritarian, totalitarian societies ultimately fall because they're built on lies. So when we agree to start using this pronoun crap, we are lying. We are making it more likely that this authoritarian regime that's trying to take control of our culture and cancel common sense will gain further and, and, and further strength. So I would urge everybody, whether it's a pastor, a well-meaning Christian, whoever it is, use the pronouns that are grammatically correct. No laws of proper grammar have been repealed and no one should buy into this idiocy that you have to use the pronouns that somebody else has selected as their preferred pronouns. I would, if I were a, uh, a cynic, I would say, can I speak now? But that was a great I, I, point. I knew you were, I could tell from the expression on your face. That you were <laughs> no, 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 it, it's, it's a great point. And that's what's so sick about this whole thing. They call us intolerant bigots when it's us, not them, who work hard to try and embrace their exclusivity precisely to avoid being called homophobes and bigots. But in the process, we've allowed these extremists to completely eliminate debate or discussion by successfully destroying fundamental truths about these war. About the world, uh, President Obama. Uh, President Obama. There's another Freudian slip. President <laughs> Biden on Tuesday, of course, drag queen uh, story day at the White House, Night of the Living Drag Queens. Does the president really believe that these troubled children need mastectomies, facial surgeries, <clears throat> chemical castrations, even genital removal? Uh, to live their quote unquote best lives. That's an expression I'm hearing all the time. I hate it. But so no one can think, let alone say that maybe, just maybe, it might be wise to let these kids wait until they become mature adults to make these kinds of permanent, in, unalterable, uh, uh, dangerous surgical decisions. And then he talks about threats to violence to transgender children. Um, 
does he even include these innocent, impressionable children that are subjected to endless pressure, endless propaganda, endless abuse at the hands of people who are trying desperately to talk them in to these dangerous, life-changing, unalterable surgeries that will irreversibly change their lives, almost certainly for the worse? Does that ever come into play? Yeah, Tom, uh, you, you know, I've seen a lot of demagoguery in Washington over the years. Um, the demagoguery that was on display this week at the White House in that event uh, where there were several thousand people. And as you pointed out, you know, it wasn't that many years ago where if you invited some drag queens to the White House, that would be the controversy. That wasn't controversial. What was controversial was that some of the drag queens that were invited to the White House uh, had other problems. Like one of them was a cop hater and it said uh, online many times, F the police. Uh, another one had just really disgusting things that he said on social media about children and about what they liked to do. I mean, this guy was showing all the signs of advanced pedophilia invited to the White House, the people's house. Unbelievable. The president used the occasion to say that the Supreme Court and conservatives and Christians were targeting transgender children. It's the exact opposite. We're trying to protect confused children. It is the if there's anyone we should allies. be targeting, it's their parents, their yeah. rich, white, yes. liberal parents who live in these coastal enclaves who are so marinated in this dangerous, destructive leftist ideology. They're the ones that are pushing this. Is it at all coincidental that the rates of these sex changes in children occur almost exclusively among rich white liberals? I mean, in middle America, it isn't an issue. But of course, as we know, uh, if they have their way, it will be soon enough. Yeah, the signs are already out there. I mean, because th there's geographic location, which you could still come up with distinctions in. You know, there is still something sort of resembling what used to be called the Bible Belt and the val yeah, and the values of, you know, uh, uh, communities uh, 20 miles south of Cincinnati are going to be different than the values, thank God, of, uh, you know, someplace five miles away from, from Manhattan or whatever. But, Tom, as you and I sadly know, uh, what we're on right now, the computers and the social media and all the rest of it, that puts us all in the same neighborhood. So the little girl in, uh, you know, Topeka, Kansas, that may be feeling, uh, uncomfortable in her own body or may not be popular in school or wonders why she's not interested in the same girly things that some other girls are interested in. And then she sees on social media. Didn't we used to call that, those tomboys? Yes, we, we did, Tom. And, uh, you know, because uh, as, as we all know, there's a spectrum right along what it means to be a boy and what it means to be a girl, you know. So um, they, they buy into this stuff. I, I saw something the other day. I, I hesitate to even give the figure, but it said that there were thousands and I don't I'm not going to give the exact number, but thousands of young girls 
that were on GoFundMe who were trying to raise money through donations in order for them to be able to uh, have mastectomies. And these are like 11, 12, 13-year-old girls. This is, this is the legacy of the left. I mean, the left is responsible disproportionately for these unprecedented levels of depression and despair and ennui among our young people. Um, they deprived our kids of school for two years. They deprived our kids of being able to see the faces of other kids for two years. They, they delight in frightening children about the future. The planet's going to burn up. We're all going to die. Um, this hysteria about, about global warming, it's destroyed. And it takes delight in this. It, it <clears throat> purposely seeks to destroy the healthiest beliefs in a, in a citizen's life. Particularly a young person, belief in God, belief in one's country, religion, patriotism, the national flag, they've all turned these into sources of mockery, and they lie to our kids about everything. Yeah, you know, Tom, uh, I know there's still a strong impulse within the Republican Party that tells uh, elected Republicans and their donors that uh, the popular part of the Republican agenda is the economic part of the agenda. Now, I'm, I'm in favor of a, a, a good bit of that economic agenda. I like lower marginal tax rates. Who doesn't? Right. I, you know, there's a, a lot of that, I don't I think, like printing five trillion dollars in a year, which creates nine percent right. inflation. Uh, of course. Uh, but you know what? The, the polling data shows that actually our Republican ideas on economics really aren't that uh um, that popular. You can get a majority that says they're against, against deficit spending, but you better not name one of the programs that they're taking advantage of because they'll turn on you in a dime, right? Where we have a majority, but we don't have any uh, courage is on all the things you just mentioned. On, on these values issues, on patriotism, on uh, what a healthy society does. One of the reasons the there left are 80% issues. There are 75 to 80% issues. Yeah. One of the reasons the left attacks the family, uh, attacks faith, attacks the little platoons that uh, uh, we used to refer to them as uh, in American culture and society is that all those things are bulwarks against socialism, authoritarianism, and communism. The left wants to take us down that road of increasing socialism, neo-Marxism, and more than the Republican Party, more than um, – any particular conservative publication, it's these little platoons, these little loyalties that people have to family and to faith and to freedom. That is the main impediment to the socialist neo-Marxist enterprise. You're listening to the Bauer and Rose Show on Sirius XM, the Patriot Channel 125, and the Bauer and Rose podcast brought to you by our good friends at justthenews.com, where you can catch us at iTunes, subscribe, follow, give us a five-star rating, and refer to your friends. We're back right after this.
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back, everybody. Tom Rose, Gary Bauer, the Bauer and Rose Show. Here is a prediction for you, which I know you'll probably agree with. And I say that, unfortunately, because I take no pride in it. Conservative media in the last 24, 36 hours since the drag queen story uh, event at the White House have repeatedly played uh, Joe Biden's clip from 2006 calling the issue of gay marriage nonsense. Nobody's for it. Nobody wants it uh, to where we are today. We were told uh, the first thing we needed to do was to, uh, you know, get rid of sodomy laws. We did that like 70 years ago. Then it became an issue of uh, civil unions. Can't we extend these people the basic decency of, of a civil union? We don't want any more than that. They get that. Then it's gay marriage. Now it's transgenderism. And I've heard some conservative pundits who you have great respect for, I have great respect for, say in the last... 24 hours. Well, now they finally got what they want. You know what? (laughs) This is not the end. This is the beginning. God only knows where it's going, but this I know where it's going. Go ahead. Tell us. One of the things it's going to try to do is normalize adult child sexual relations. I I mean, I hate even to say that. That's pedophilia. It's what we used to call pedophilia. Right. And And when pedophiles used to go to prison... Even the murderers there. They they didn't get that, you know what, beat out of them. Uh, They were fortunate if they made it to prison. uh, uh, Even murder, there is a taboo in all societies, a taboo. And even if, you know, a pedophile is thrown into prison with some of the worst murderers, there's some evil people, there's a line that even they won't cross and they'll kill them. Today, we're elevating it. A witness before a House committee this week, Tom, in answer to a Democrat liberal congresswoman from California's uh, question and point, both the congresswoman and the witness agreed that the word pedophile was prejudicial and it was causing people to be in danger from haters and that the word needed to be banned from social media. It's already, it was already banned from Twitter. Uh, I, I don't know if Elon Musk has restored uh, being allowed to use the word or not. Pedophilia is banned from Twitter? Yes, the word saying. What about the, the word. victims? I mean, does anyone ever think about the life altering damage? This does to children, children that are abused sexually, deprived of their innocence. What is more necessary? What's more beautiful? What's more essential to a healthy adult than an innocent childhood? Yeah, it's it's uh, you're you're absolutely right, of course, and it's it's it may seem like nonsense that we even have to have this conversation. But Tom, when the when the when the the debate started over whether to redefine several thousand years of Western civilization and uh, and all of American history up until you know about 
10 years ago on the uh, on the issue of what the definition of marriage is. And the Supreme Court, by a one vote majority, a one vote majority uh, ends up changing those longstanding definitions of, of marriage. Uh, a, a number of us said, oh, my, my goodness, Katie barred the door. This will lead to so many other things. And uh, Tom, I, 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 I talked about this a lot. A good friend of mine, Dr. James Dobson of the James Dobson Family Institute, the founder of Focus on the Family. Uh, he talked about it a lot, wrote about it a lot. He and I wrote a book together called Children at Risk before the Supreme Court decision. Uh, but one of the things that would happen is that when we would say this is going to lead to all these other things, we would hear from churches, from pastors saying, now you're just being alarmist and you're really upsetting people and you're spreading fear. And so you fast forward and here we are today. Somebody asked the other day, Tom, asked this question. You know, remember, it wasn't all that long ago. The Republican Party almost universally opposed same-sex marriage. But then after it got through, the, you, you, you couldn't find enough microphones that Republicans wanted to run to to say, well, I'm still against it, but I certainly will respect the, uh, the decision of the Supreme Court. And I will, you know, uh, I, I'll just have to swallow hard and move on now uh, because the, the issue has been decided. Well, Right now, this transgender stuff, this is a project of the Democrat Party. It's it's Democrat mayors, Democrat legislators, Democrats that control the universities. It's Democrats in Congress. This Democrat administration, they are the ones that are pushing all this transgender nonsense. But, Tom, how long will it be? Before a Republican House member or senator goes to the floor and goes, well, I want to say some remarks today. First of all, I want to make it absolutely clear. I oppose the whole transgender movement, but I recognize America is changing and that not everybody is going to agree with my religious based views. And so I want to say now that I will support legislation to ensure that there's no discrimination or in any way, blah, 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 blah. Republican, a lot of Republicans live to cave on issues related to values. It's They've interesting. It you, you quoted um, Alexander Solzhenitsyn earlier in his famous Harvard speech <clears throat> from 1974. Natan Sharansky, uh, um, a fellow uh, dissident, refusing to imprisoned in horrific conditions for nine years in the Soviet Union, has a similar line, and he was he was uh, one of Solzhenitsyn's uh, great defenders before he was arrested in uh, July of, uh, seven, of 1976. He said, the lies are one thing, but the demand that you believe them is entirely another. Everybody yeah. knows it's unfair for men to compete in women's sports. But if a man says he's a woman, we not only have to, to, to listen to that lie, we have to accept it as normal, as fair. Any girl who objects to having to compete against men in swimming of all sports where the physiological differences are Absolutely profound. Men have much bigger upper bodies, much stronger upper bodies. A woman can't compete against a man in swimming. But any girl who objects to that who is threatened 
or expelled from her team. The, she ends her chances for a, a sports scholarship to college and a burning, a, a, a virtual uh, uh, a witch burning at the stake of social media. Yet, uh, yeah, you know, Tom, uh, and it, it, the, the competition part of this should be obvious to even the um, – uh, the densest of, of brains, right? That, uh, are you talking to me? A, yes. <laughs> that there's a, there's a difference between men and women, a physical difference. Now there's outliers, right? Uh, but, but you, if you just look at the, the overall figures, but, but then there's, there's another layer of offense here, which is that once the, the young man is accepted as being a young woman allowed to compete in women's sports, he then cannot, they argue, be kept out of the girls' dressing rooms and the girls' showers and the girls' facilities. So we had an infamous case in Loudoun County, Virginia, where a young man in high school claimed suddenly he was a woman and started wearing dresses to school. And they, the school ruled he had to be allowed to use the girls' bathroom. He went in. And he raped a girl in the girl's bathroom. The school board and the school authorities now have a disaster in their hands, right? They made no public announcement. There was no disclosure of what had taken place. They transferred this creature to another school where he promptly raped another girl. Now, the end of this story, Tom, is that a special grand jury uh, was convened in um, Northern Virginia recently. Um, some of the people that covered this story up have lost their jobs. Uh, and we were a little all dis- well, a lot of us were disappointed that nothing else was going to be done. But just in the last couple of days, indictments have been brought. Uh, about things related to how this incident was covered up. Um, so we'll see whether somebody ends up going to jail. Now, the young man went to jail. Uh, I mean, he committed two rapes, so he's in some sort of facility. So we'll, we'll end up seeing what happens. One final thing on this, Tom, when there was a school board meeting in the wake of all this, the father of one of the girls went to the school board meeting to try to get the microphone and demand answers about why this young man was allowed to stay in the school system. And they tried to shut him up and he wouldn't shut up. So they ordered the police to literally physically. They arrested him. him. Yes. They put him in handcuffs and arrested him and took him to the station. Right. I, I don't know. I mean, welcome it, it, to America. Right. I mean, it is, you know, we are five days, six days before Christmas. I wish we could end this on a happier note, a more joyful note. Perhaps we'll try to do that early next week before Bauer uh, takes advantage of his uh, extraordinarily <laughs> generous contract uh, to take the months of January and February off. But uh, what, what are you your guys, Christmas you plans? You guys got I, a I know we have time more. there with about 20 <laughs> holidays in a row. Rose, <laughs> you touche, 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 uh, touche. We wouldn't know a five day work week if it hit us in the keister. <laughs> what are your Christmas plans? Uh, we're going to uh, have the whole family here in uh, northern Virginia. It's going to be a ball. We're going to also have two dogs at the house at the same time. Um, and we're, you know, we're going to eat out as much as we You're can. You're not talking so about in 
Uh, no, we're we're having uh, all of oh, our adult the dogs. kids, I their the spouses, dogs. The dogs. and, and the dog. uh, I was, it and was the seven I was, grandchildren. I was trying to suck you into a slam against in-laws. Compared- I would never. Never slam an in-law. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love all in-laws. Yeah. Have a great rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you early next week. This is the Bauer and Rose Show on Sirius XM. Have a great one, everybody.